The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as one of mine go nuts. This is the Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And when you say one of mine, you mean one of your animals? Dogs. Yes, no, they're one of your pets. As I swear, <laughs> I can work in silence for like an hour, and the house is completely quiet. And as soon as I open my mouth to sneeze, cough, whatever, I was like, hey, pay attention to me. Like every single animal, they come alive. <laughs> hey, everybody, here for another uh, of the History today. <laughs> Right. I have Sir William with with me now. And um, if you missed it, I'm fostering a dog that kind of looks like Gia and is the male version. I, that's why he put I put Sir in front of his name. Mm-hmm. And so he is sitting in his rightful throne behind me as we record. <laughs> and the teal throne. Mm, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's looking quite regal, too, with that little off a chest hair he's got mm-hmm. so good it's like his a neck mane beard, but it his works. lion's mane mm-hmm. yeah i love it <laughs> i'm glad he's, he's getting that. neutered on wednesday oh man i didn't know you were signing him up for the ball trap well as a foster you yeah. you do what the rescue what kind of asks asks for you to do yeah so like they schedule the appointment I don't know. For some reason, I thought he would have been fixed prior to fostering, but that's my ignorance coming out. Good on you for being there for him. That'll be nice for him to have a good place. Yeah, yeah. They can't. The fosters can't like get the dogs in that quickly. No, and I, probably for, care to all their needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I just like ignorance again on my part because for some reason I thought that when they when they brought animals in like that, the first thing they did was spay neuter and then foster Mm. out you know Mm. what I mean because they have them in already so they would have an Mm. easier time but you know that's again everybody's I'm sure different yeah I mean there's probably cases where there's dogs that are harder to find homes for that they have to just do um in Sir William's case he was part of a hoarding situation where there were approximately 30 other dogs and this rescue took in 16 of them so I don't think they could manage getting well and I don't know how many of them were female and male but a good amount of them were male so I don't know how many they'd be able to get done it's probably easier to (laughs) delegate those functions (laughs) (laughs) probably (laughs) but yeah so he's getting his teeth cleaned his neutering his little nails will be clipped hopefully because he's got some talons right now step one of traumatization remove from home step two remove body parts (laughs) poor thing look at him he's like oh that was an evil laugh body parts looking at me (laughs) (laughs) that was such a great little like layback down move 
<laughs> so cute. Uh, so cute. Yeah. All right. So I don't really have any housekeeping today. Okay. That's all right. I'm still stretching if anybody cares. It's not my, my uh it's not my Atta girl this time around, but you know. My housekeeping item is not really housekeeping. It's just, you know, how we occasionally talk about shows that we watch and mm-hmm. um as of late, the Hose of History episodes that we've been doing have inspired me to watch more uh, biography-based um, non-true crime. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you've so, stepped out and gone into historical documentations for uh, the sake of history? A little bit. Wow, we're getting a little bit. Fuck. I know. I know. Well. It's not like I was watching the History Channel per se, but I was watching um, what's called George and Tammy. Okay. Yeah, George and Tammy. Anyway, Xfinity had a free week of Showtime. So I'm like, let me go on here and see what I can binge. And it was a mini series. It's like six episodes about George Jones and Tammy Wynette, who are like countries, you know, king and queen or whatever. Um Tammy Wynette has the song Stand By Your Man, which is from, I think, like the 70s or something. Anyway, that like really put her on the map. But a lot of the story is about her. A lot of the show is about her. And um, she's played by Jessica Chastain. And it was a wild ride. Like I was like, I want to do her as a hoe of history now, but it would have to be a two parter. All right, let's rip it. I know. <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds I know. good. I feel like Dolly Parton would be a good one too, but she ain't dead yet. So we don't know all of her secrets. Well, we don't know all like of her criteria secrets. that they have to be a hoe of history is that they have to be dead. Well, no, but like, you know, I feel like that lady's got some secrets and they will not be out until she is gone. Oh, I see. I mean, Dolly, though, is an angel on earth. I'm not quite Absolutely. sure what the secrets are exactly. I just, how did she become said angel? I would like to know that secret. Where on earth did you find the angel juice that she keeps suckling on to keep her pristine fucking posterior in appearance? I'm just curious. <laughs> reputation. Yes. And that, reputation. That's it. Because um, Cause I saw nine to five. She could have gone another way. She didn't. (laughs) (laughs) She is, as you know, I'm sure, Miley Cyrus's godmother. Mm, And um, it's funny because I saw an interview with Miley one time where she was like, I'm keeping everything nipped and tucked like Dolly taught me. And so I feel like the only like, I I don't know, negative thing maybe from Dolly is the amount of uh attention put on appearance you know yeah i would say like not just on herself like obviously on herself but maybe on others as well that we're just not we just are not aware of maybe at the present maybe it's not delivered as you must do this maybe it's delivered as if you don't do this here's the consequence i hope that's i hope it's the latter and she's not just like a psychopath (laughs) i don't know but miley is super skinny so yeah yeah, she is. So that's the only thing I could think about Dolly where I'm like, mm. hmm. she might be a little obsessive well, and, and influencing other people to also be obsessive. Well, when our careers start to die out and this podcast becomes famous for doing hose of history and all of a sudden 
we're on Showtime and HBO doing documentaries about hoes of history because that's going to be a show on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll we'll be able, we'll be ready. We'll be primed to take on Dolly's story. (laughs) Just a little manifestation for you there. (laughs) I'm with it. We'll have the journalistic know-how to really dig in. Underqualified. (laughs) (laughs) Overpromise. Probably over-deliver unfactual shit, but we'll be on TV, goddammit. We've really learned how to work that Google machine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be our claim to fame as we are still writing our own stories. Right? We got this. Oh, man. From our fingertips so anyway. to your ears. Oh, wow. That's our tag? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind Good of um, suggestive, which yeah. I like. Yeah. You know, it goes along with the title. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> a lot of undertones. Like we're just making this shit up on the fly. Like Dolly. Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of sexuality. We're just not going to touch on it. <laughs> There's just well, no reason a woman has that big of tits for no fuck. Like, you don't want to be noticed. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> She ever argued that she didn't want to be noticed? Oh no, I know that, but I mean in a sexual sense. When your boobies mm. are that big, mm-hmm. either you. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, how do I get these under control? Honestly, like the, how the ones you- on my I don't know. They keep getting bigger. It's so weird. It is weird. <laughs> mine get. I don't know how mine get saggier. If that's even a possibility, with the little amount of like fucking overhang they have. <laughs> I just hope I don't look like, you know, those unpopped, you know, like um, bubble wrap. Oh, mm. Sometimes they're deflated, unpopped. Mm, mm-hmm, I hope mm-hmm. I don't look like that soon because that would be so depressing. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that's more likely when you've actually, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, when you feed a baby. <laughs> Oh, breastfeed, man! When you make oh, well, children. besides no, I was gonna say something. There's a word besides breastfeed. I just is not coming to me. Lactate. <laughs> I got a couple more, I think, and then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Speaking of body parts, <laughs> <laughs> our hoe of history today is was in probably involved in one of the like bigger scandals of body parts being shown at the time. Ironic segue. That so. is weird because I thought for sure you were going to say stolen for some reason instead of shown. <laughs> I don't know why. I, w- I wouldn't put it past me. Honestly, you never know. You never fucking know. <laughs> body parts. She stolen. had her pants stolen. Just completely <laughs> stolen. We don't know. No, this is she not- was Feeling other bits it was it's it's body part trafficking (laughs) yeah no we're not doing true crime on this remember it's just hoes of history (laughs) so our hoe today is joanna hifnan hifnan nan hifnan h-i-f-f-e-r-n-a-n i don't know how to say it but she was from ireland Mm, okay uh, she was most known for being the model for being a model for James Abbott McNeil Whistler. Does that name sound familiar to you? It does, but I could just be thinking of Abbott Elementary, which is also a very good show. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Whistler's mother is a famous painting of the old lady in the black dress 
Oh, side profile. She's sitting in her rocking chair. Mm-hmm. You know which one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. He is that artist. So consider that. Okay. This is also the era of, um, oh, I'm sorry. She was born in 1843. Yes. Okay. And died between 86 and 1903. Really don't know. Lots of, lots of like um, lost track of her type situation. Okay. Happening here. So <laughs> this was during the time where like the Renaissance painting era was kind of winding down and people were like kind of hit with this stark reality of these paintings were creating or curating these like scenes um, of like of unrealistic situations. And so in this time frame, painters were really trying to be um, less whimsical and more real, if you will. And so she was a model for him as well as the French painter Gustave Corbett, which I'm probably trust just fucking up all these words. So sorry about it. But here we are. She herself. Well, that sounded right. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we'll see. Um, she was also like known to be like a little dabble painting, little dabbling and painting herself. But there were never any images surfaced. There was never any record of her actual paintings. And so, unfortunately, if she was an artist, it was never recorded. Um, as a person, she was fairly outspoken. She was really well-educated. I liken her to us. Capable, okay. Capable of holding a conversation, knowing when to be proper and when to not be. But at the end of the day, she was Irish-born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, she was born in Limerick in Ireland to Anne, and Anne Hickey and Patrick Heffernan. Heffernan. Uh, they were Catholic, Irish Catholic. So the Great Famine of 1845 through 1848, her and her family migrated to London. Now her father, Patrick, was described by friends of Whistler as a drunken Irishman captain from the novel Pen- Pendennis. He also had really good penmanship and he helped people with their calligraphy, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just, I was almost stuck on the fact that his name is Patrick. He's Irish Catholic mm-hmm. or Catholic, whatever. And like just all the stereotypes in my mind made me picture this man. Yeah. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I feel like stereotypes, stereotypes are identified when it's like a negative connotation and it's a persona when it's a positive connotation like it's all stereotype it's all stereotyping but anyway i don't know i was able to visualize this man i'm like you know who this guy is yeah absolutely hunter p just casually nice man who was very kind to others and you know loaded was also a drunk and got kicked <laughs> yeah. out of the bar or the yeah. pub you know almost like in the show uh what's it called that i can't remember the name right now because it's escaping me it starts with an s and if there's like aimless yes that's the one there you go mm-hmm. so like frank is yeah, that what you exactly like frank <laughs> i have not watched that show fully but yeah he like frank amicable <laughs> fucked up no who knows if how he actually was there's no record so um there was only you know things from whistlers the the artiste who was actually her lover as well, um, friends and uh, stuff like that. So there wasn't a whole lot about them. Um, they did know the mom died in 1862 at 44 years old. She also had a sister called Bridget Agnes Heffernan. It was Singleton after uh, time. And the reason that's important is that's how they actually trace 
Joe later in her life. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Joe from now on for her. Okay. So um she she met the American painter Whistler at the end of 1859 or like the beginning of 1860. They traveled to Paris in July of 1861, and this is like the start of their roughly six-year relationship. They stayed in Paris until September, or they stayed till September. They went to Brittany for a time and then made it back to Paris in November. So while in Paris at that time, he painted two famous paintings, which I'm going to not give you the full names of because I'm not good at it. Also, I was, I just couldn't find the full names and I had like several multiple sources. So the name is a white note and the girl, the white girl. These were a series through a series of paintings and I didn't have the time I wanted to do the full research on the names. So if you guys look them up, those are in fact our girl, Joe. So, oh, she's the muse. <laughs> yes, she was the model in these two paintings. So, Joe was um, by choice a model, but she was actually like fairly well educated. There were, um, I guess, some letters sent back and forth where she wrote the letters themselves, and there were a few like minor spelling errors. So, it like showed she had mild, mild education, which is not super common for this time frame and era um but she was able to read and write which is good um okay so whistler's parents didn't really approve of joe especially because at that time um unmarried models who posed nude were considered to and i quote only be a little better than prostitutes aka sex workers which is kind of a bummer but they think it was maybe more about social class rather than her personal character so um while whistler never actually married joe which is a bummer at one point his mom did say make an honest woman out of her but spoiler alert he never did (laughs) well you did say that their relationship only lasted six years it documented yes but there was a like strife that happened so i'm gonna make a little bit of this up as we go just because there's not a lot of real recorded so a lot of this might be hearsay from me and my lens and what i've read but um it seemed like their relationship wasn't really toxic i think that they were very much in love and i think that they had a really interesting and for the most part great time together because he was very much in love and it showed through his paintings like at one article i went through i guess the audience was not prepared for the type of painting that he unveiled when it was of her like the subject was her essentially somebody was like um might as well just say i'm in love with this girl at the bottom of the painting because it was just so clear how much he loved her oh yeah i wish (laughs) just kidding i would never want that so awkward but um so like when he painted her also just send me a card (laughs) yeah right when he painted her also he didn't paint her in a way to be like sexually deviant it was more like painting her in the subtle femininity of her and like not hiding her essence i guess you could say so it was a unique era for the the paintings as well um so they moved back to london in 19 or 1862 but they went back to paris again by like march or may of 1864 
There is speculation she was actually pregnant at that time during the trip and that she actually gave that baby up for adoption in France. Again, it's just speculation. Um, And at this point, I don't know how old she is. I'm not going to lie to you. 43. So she's in her 20s, maybe. Um, So she was in Paris until 64. During the autumn of 1865 is when she met Gustave Corbett, who was actually friends with Whistler. And he was immediately captivated by her, like immediately wanted to paint her, wanted her to be his model. And she agreed. And so while she was there, the first portrait he painted of her was Portrait de Joe La Bella is Ireland Days. So like, what is it? what does that mean in english my my guess is portrait of the joe the beauty from ireland <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so after that she and whistler were still very much together um whistler had his own thing going on he ended up going to south america like chile for a while and instead of marrying joe like his mom asked him to he actually gave up power of attorney to joe while he was gone which gave her the rights you know on his home and his studio and so while he was gone she acted as a sales agent and actually managed his estate and all the sales of his paintings and everything while he was over there and she even called herself mrs abbott they never got married but she, okay. I, in my opinion, I felt she was like so invested in this man that she just started to call herself Mrs. Abbott because that's truly what she was doing. She was being Mrs. Abbott. I think what could have happened is in these dealings, people wouldn't believe that she was not married to him and able to do all of this. And so people probably called her Mrs. Abbott by default. And then she's like, fine, let's just run with it. No, she made it a point to call herself. It was like, she said Ms. Abbott and there was you know the comments around well maybe she did that so that people would take her more seriously as an actual broker instead of just being like the random model that posed for her so I think you're on to something but who who knows what actually happened just like she's like I'm just gonna be Ms. Abbott now bitches but even not Mrs. Whistler like Abbott so um <laughs> you know a lot of the traveling that they did took a lot of time so these timelines are sucked up by their travel so is a theme though throughout a lot of the stories that we've covered is the women that we talk about at some point end up in paris yeah everybody ends up in fucking paris everyone ends up there i want to go but like <laughs> back then to see what all the hubbub's about you know what i'm saying <laughs> it must have been um a certain level of freedom and or different perception of women because of the amount of hoes of history who have gone to Paris as a way of fleeing their current restrictive lifestyles or locations. And so Paris seems to be very uh, open and I think there's a lot of art happening there. Art, nude beaches, you know, freedom to be naked. Just abstract Um, life and abstract, I think, in Paris for quite a while. Just the lifestyle there (laughs) must have been so much more tolerable. (laughs) Apparently. For women who wanted (laughs) to. 
for women who just wanted to live their fucking lives. I mean, I, and then like, I love how everybody managed to get there. It's not like it was a nine hour plane ride from DTW to fucking Paris. No, Charles de Gaulle didn't exist back then. Fucking place still sucks today, but still like they had to fucking go on a ship. On a ship. Ladies rode on the cattle ship. She like had to. Yeah, for like months she's in the cattle crate. God. <laughs> That's how desperate they it. were to get to Paris, the land of the free for women. <laughs> the supposed free. <laughs> All right. So she hung out with um Corbett while Whistler was in Chile. And um after several months of selling his work, she traveled back to Paris to pose again. While she was there. A lot of people said she probably started an affair with him at this time. So it's very likely that she was in love with Whistler, but she was a lady who needed her needs met. And she ended up getting them met by another man. Not saying it's okay. She's a cheater. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I can imagine it's kind of a sultry situation when you're you're a nude model in Paris. So she was uh, at his side for a little bit of time there while he painted Les Semelles, which I don't know what that is. It's a famous painting. Mm-hmm. But then he painted another painting that caused so much uproar. And for a long period of time, people were very confused as to whose it was. Not whose the painting, but whose context like who's the subject matter Mm. so the painting is called l'original du monde and are you ready i'm as ready as i can be okay oh i'm like why are you building so much oh now i get it I I was like, why are you building so much anticipation? But now I see that it's just a real straight on view of a bushy vagina. Yep. Including butt crack <laughs> and all. Yep. But and the a interesting thing is, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the interesting thing is that because there's so much hair, you can't even really see the vagina. But you can see vulva. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You and can. that's the first time, you know, that's the first Real intimate shot. The lady bits out there in the market. Now, at one point, it was said that this painting, there's a whole hubbaloo around this painting and like uh, why it was painted, who it was painted, like who's the model. Um, the, the top half, if there ever was one, was apparently removed. So there was at one point the model's face in the picture. Ooh drama mm. <laughs> so not to interesting de- not to deter you know what's really funny to me though oh, is what? that <laughs> it's almost like it is sexy but it's almost more anatomical than it is sexy in a way yeah I feel like it was I feel like it's a really oh. if you take a picture of a woman laying the way she is and you just put a little art filter on it right that's, that's all you're, you're doing it's not emotive. It's just right. I mean, it's sexy because it's a woman's figure and a woman's figure is sexy. Right. right. 
but yeah, it's just it's the straight on shot. Yeah, I think that probably caused the like, whoa. So we'll be posting (laughs) a picture on our fucking carousel for this one. So just so everybody knows, there will be an image to match this on Instagram. (laughs) If you haven't gone to like the post, go fucking like it, you dummy. (laughs) Just kidding. You're not dummies. Not bad. So anyway, this painting was a source of crazy for quite a while. So not to deter from Jojo's story, but um, there was, it was just to kind of like clear up whose who's hole this is. Um, Halil Sarif Pasha was a notable collector of arts. And I'm, I'm quoting this from the Wikipedia. He commissioned Gustave to paint uh, Quinault, which was Constance Quinault, whom he called his lucky charm. The work, Le Original du Monde, hides the model's face while her identity was known at the time as Quinault grew respectable. Um, the information was lost. Indeed, experts long identified the model with Joanna Hef- Heffernan, an Irish model who was Corbett's lover. Correspondence between Alexander Dumas and George Sand was discovered in, in eight, two, 2018 by French historian Claude Schopp. Referring to this painting, it mentions... One does not paint the most delicate and most sonorous interior of Miss Quinault's of the opera. This combined with Quinault's bequest of Corbett's painting of Camilla's associated with Cartesians strongly suggested that Constance Quinault was Corbett's model. That was a lot of jumbly words. Basically, at the end of this situation, I don't believe it was her either because she was a redhead. Jojo had red hair. Mm hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. This position that she's in, though, like the leg doesn't that one leg doesn't seem like it's like that's a natural position. I don't know. It looks like a position that I'm in when I'm getting laser hair removal. Yeah, it's like figure four. You're figure four it up. Hunter mm-hmm. P. That's definitely <laughs> a position I've been waxed in before, for sure. I feel like this is my laser hair removal position. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say. <laughs> That was my picture for you today. (laughs) Yeah. It came right at the right time because you paused long enough for me to be like, why are you? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I know it was perfect. Fucking perfect. You're welcome, y'all. So. Uh... (laughs) So again, not a lot, not a lot um, recorded after. It could be that it was recorded in history, but it was lost, whatever the case may be. But um, in more recent times, it was uncovered. It was not her. But for a long, like, centuries, probably Mm -hmm. a couple hundred years, people thought it was her booty hole. Mm -hmm. Your baby Mm -hmm. hole, sorry. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, Yeah, but to your point, though, that is, yeah, the curtains and drapes usually match with redheads, right? right? She's a redhead, so... Mm-hmm. And just in case you guys are curious, you got to go to the Instagram to see it. Just saying. <laughs> we'll post it in the Facebook group. Because how can you not? Anyway, so uh, she gets back to uh, where she's living with Whistler. And the relationship basically broke down after that. Gee, I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, They parted ways. And... This, again, at this point, this is all what people are speculating based on letters to people, sightings, whatever you want to say. Like, it's just, there's not any real proven record that this was actually what happened after. 
So in 1870, Whistler had a baby with another woman. So I have to assume that if Jojo was in fact pregnant, she was the one who didn't want it. Because after Whistler... Oh, if we can assume that, it's just... Because it could just be about the point in time in which this that happened in their lives because then he go away for didn't you say he left and she was like selling paintings and stuff right yeah but it was before like a while before that before he left it was like earlier Uh in their relationship a little bit but either way it was or the second woman was just like i'm keeping it i don't care what you do well actually she didn't oh jojo took the baby and raised the baby what i know i wish i had more fucking understanding of what the fuck and that's why i think she really did love him i think that she really felt like she fucked up so bad that she needed to take care of his son so she was not in the picture at all they had definitely parted ways but he had a son called charles james whistler hansen and The reason her sister is so important is because the English census recorded Charles and Bridget, her sister and Joe, at a guy called Charles Singleton's home, which the sister Bridget eventually married him. So it's recorded in the census that Joe, Whistler's kid, Bridget, the sister, and Charles, her husband, were chilling in the same place in London. I wish there was more documentation on this story because the drama. Nicole's stunned. I am because (laughs) there's just, there's just not enough love for me to be like, I'll take my ex's baby that he had with somebody else and not and him not be in the picture and raise him in a different city. Well, you know, it, it could be that she felt so bad for cheating on him. You know what I mean? But like, and again, he wasn't, he never married her. So I don't know what the fuck. I wish I had more. I wish I just wish I had more. Clearly is seeing other people too. Yeah. After they broke up, he had a baby, but they, there's nothing. Again, I didn't read his story. So I don't know how mm-hmm. much of a piece of shit he could have been, but it seemed as if they were fairly dedicated to each other for the most part. And so she may have been just really upset about what she did. Either way, it's fucked up. I would never either. I did, well, that logic still doesn't work for me that you'd feel guilty about cheating on someone. So then you raise their kid. Yes. No, that's trauma mm-hmm. talking right now. <laughs> like I that can, doesn't even come into me. Like I can't even connect A to B for that scenario with my brain. <laughs> well, if I lose somebody, then I want to make it up to them. So I'm going to take care of their kid and have a connection to them the whole time. Mm, that's manipulation. Yeah. Not guilt. Well, I guess maybe it's a combo, but yeah, guilt triggering manipulation. Either way, I wish I had more. So after that, very little is known about her. A woman reported to Corbett's sister that the, and I quote, beautiful Irish girl was selling uh, antiques and some pictures by Corbett in Nice, France. Uh, And that letter was dated in 1882. So it could be that she was like just selling antiques and paintings from her time with him to try to just make a little bit of cash um some sources say that she passed in 1886 after battling bronchitis and this came after a long life of respiratory problems likely due to her lifetime exposure to toxic art materials which i don't doubt it not one bit those art materials are toxic still to this day 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> according to French writer when uh, Christine Oban, Joe ended up as a respectable antique dealer in a Providence and or Providence, and so she was still alive in 1903 when she attended Whistler's funeral in London. So, again, we don't know when she actually passed away because there's hearsay about when or she was uh, observed alive. But at Whistler's funeral, the woman that claimed she was alive and came made it to the funeral was like, I know it was her. It was the same woman as the picture that I saw, the painting that I saw with the dark wavy hair. It was a little gray and she was a little bit older, but she stood by his um, casket for like an hour's time, you know, mm. and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it, it probably may have been her then. Um, and then a little little funny couple of little things about her whistler's biographers identified joe was even tempered and good-natured but she was also coarse and vulgar and eventually whistler became bored and embarrassed by her (laughs) oh wow that's why he never married her because he's like i can't bring her in public right essentially he was like she was like his little hidden fucking muse or whatever so shout out to the Irishman in Paris.org, Wikipedia, and fineartconnoisseur.com for providing me with this information today as, as I just inputted a lot of this stuff on my own accord as well. But yeah, that is our story of Joanna Heffernan. Heffernan. I can't say her name. Not a lot. Lives, leaves me wanting so much fucking more. It's insane. Well, in the... Uh painting of the vagina the <laughs> the details didn't service till 2018 i mean that was only five years ago right right so yeah. other if, people are their mouths are watering for information too because they're still looking <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny because all of this shit is like now again if i would have had this kind of like education i would probably not i don't know what i would have done for a living because i'm so obsessed with this kind of stuff no we all would be librarians or something well historians yeah maybe a famous historian with a channel of documentaries (laughs) i'm gonna say it again just in case the universe wasn't listening the first time around (laughs) (laughs) she also uh one more picture that she was in that was kind of a little raunchy it was Lisa, Lisa Mel, or I already said it, but Lisa Mel was a picture that depicts two naked women in bed asleep. It is likely that she was having the affair with him at this time. So there is a picture that um, I can actually just share my screen and show you really quick. But it's another fairly raunchy uh, image of two ladies uh, kind of just laying with each other, if you will. In one's embrace. Yeah. Okay. That reminds me more of ancient art though. Yeah, like more This isn't as yeah, this isn't as shocking. I know. No. Certainly is not. It was painted before the baby hole though, so. Right. I mean, that makes sense, but this almost reminds me of uh, like Greek paintings or statues Mm -hmm. a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very beautiful. I'd like the the human figures are way way more put together. Like there's a lot more thoroughness to the perspective in human figures versus the 
rest of the shit in the picture. <laughs> Their perspective's a little fucked on a couple of things, but you know, it's famous, so whatever. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I feel like the other the other things were not meant to capture your attention anyway. So yeah, likely not. I think it was a study on human figures and forms. But either way, I love art history references strictly because you never fucking know. <laughs> artists are wild that little you know cup full of pearls could mean something we have never will never know that is true that is true all the little details probably do have some meaning like hidden however meanings. they were like well hidden meanings however they're like pay attention to this thing over here <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna right. sneak this couple pearls over here <laughs> that we've used as anal beads or something you know <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who wouldn't uh, naturally think that? It's so fucking funny. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe pearls meant something, you know, like extravagance or natural beauty or, you know, some yeah. deeper meaning like that. I mean, maybe, yeah. Oh, this God. One does, it does leave you with a lot more questions than answers. I know. And I'm not sorry. I had to do it on us. I had to. How did you find out about this woman? Was she the, on our list? The baby hole picture. But how did you come across the the straight up vagina picture? I honestly don't remember. I oh think God. I think I may have been at one point in time Googling um ladies of history, like crazy history or some kind of keyword that brought up some raunchy shit. And I was like, this is the one we gotta put on our list. <laughs> <laughs> the name's not familiar i was like did i put her on the list this no i think i know yeah. i did because that i know i did because i looked her up and i was like why am i why do i care about her oh that one <laughs> she ends up not even really being her that, even, at least that we are aware of ironically right but <laughs> you know she was very much sexual sensual booze filled loved mm-hmm. to be um the only she liked to be Sassy. the center of attention. Yeah, hundred p, hundred percent. And then she, you know, she was Irish on top of it, so she was very. That's why, like her, her longtime boyfriend lover guy was like, "I love her, but she can't like represent me." You know, like she wasn't proper enough in public. He needed somebody who was going to be um, mousy. Essentially, that could be it for sure because he was American. And so his parents were from, gosh, I don't know. I didn't do his biography or whatever, but I think his parents were from Europe. They immigrated to America and then he became a painter and went back over to Europe to fuck around and find out. And they were like, come on, man. <laughs> we didn't, let's not do this. <laughs> <laughs> like we brought you over here for opportunity. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, man. Well, thank you for the story. I appreciate the amount of information that you could find. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I forgot to say. Yes. He never married her, but made her the sole heir in his will. Oh, even after all that time? Well, maybe because she had a son. Never changed it. No, before he left to go to chile that was part of his paperwork where yep. okay yep 
Maybe he never changed it because then she had the son. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like there's a very deep connection, but the relationship appearance wise wasn't what either of them needed, maybe. Or he wasn't fulfilling her needs and and he needed it to be like this shiny, pretty picture. And she was like over here going, you know, fuck you. I'm getting pretty, drunk. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because it's like, um, in one of these articles, it was said that um, Corbett remembers eating seafood, um, painting on the beach, listening to her sing Irish songs at twilight. He remembered it as a romantic time. And this part of the story would make a really great little film. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, but he also, like, I think he also may have been kind of infatuated with her because he would never, he never sold the original paintings of her that he had. He mm. only sold replicas. And of course, you know, those paintings were replicated by the actual painters, but sometimes they were replicated by, like, artists who weren't the original painters. And so the replicas may not have always been carrying her mm-hmm. same likeness mm-hmm. well they definitely didn't carry the same level of emotion and uh passion that you would get from a painting like that you can right. always kind of tell right oh yeah. yeah like this one i just don't feel it right this one this and then the other feels. one where it's straight on vagina <laughs> you're like oh i feel it you know somebody okay. was feeling some on that one <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's, that's JoJo. Y'all go look her up. Make up your own story about her if you want. Tell us what you think. Wow. All right. Well, what's your had a girl for this week? Had a girls is where we pat ourselves on the back for something good that we did or that happened to us. Yeah. And so we like just end on a positive note. So if you don't have one right away. Oh, I, I have one. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, right. my friend Stephanie got married this past weekend. Congratulations, Stephanie and Jake. So I was invited at not necessarily last minute, but I was invited to be a part of their special day. Um, They were originally going to elope and they decided to do a small small courthouse gathering with um, just a a few families or a few family. And I was like the only friend, which was kind of cool. I was I felt very honored to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time I spent with them, I did as much as I possibly could to make her day as special and drama free and just great as possible. And I feel like I did, a, I succeeded a little bit because um, she had just a giant smile on her face the entire freaking time. And there was no drama, no tears, no sad. It was just like a great weekend. And so I'm proud of myself because I put aside all of my own personal things going on in my, in my life and brain and went and supported a friend and had a really good time. And it wasn't no drama, nothing. It was just like, couldn't, it couldn't have been better. Oh, well, congratulations to Stephanie. That's amazing. I know that I knew her and her boyfriend had been together for, uh, what was it like three or four years or something? I didn't know yeah. that they were engaged though. So yeah, it, it would, it was, they decided just to go ahead and do that real quick. And I'm really, I couldn't oh. be happier. Couldn't be oh. happier. I awesome. think they got engaged in like October. Well, see that helps with minimal drama. Mm-hmm. 
keep the ceremony small, intimate. Don't drag out your engagement. Like right. the bigger it gets, the more people, you know, the longer it goes out. Like then the drama just has time to build and build. Yeah. And then so. I was, I was photographer also. I forgot to mention, like we went and had a beautiful dinner at Union Station and then they had purchased a camera and, and they were like, can you take pictures? I'm like, I'll fucking try. So I laid my ass down on the ground and I took some damn pictures of them. <laughs> I hope they turned out. I get oh. to make edits on them later. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So that was my feel good moment for the weekend. Good. Yeah. Huh. Um, um, my add a girl is that I, I had a really great date over the weekend that I didn't have to do anything for, which sounds kind of weird that I'm calling it my add a girl. But the whole point here is like to not settle. Right. Yeah, no, I'm like at a girl for me for not settling Um, and uh, waiting until I find the person that gives me what I deserve. Yes. At a girl for not settling and finding Mm -hmm. the guy who's Mm going to just do the bouge with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Give me the fancy life. Eventually, I'm going to be like one of the hoes of history and just end up in Paris. <laughs> yeah, I have been reserving Paris as my honeymoon <laughs> location. I've been trying to manifest it for quite some time. At one point, my room was, you know, Full Paris. Paris. Yes. Yeah, it was Paris decorated. So um, I don't doubt that at some point I will also end up there. Probably not live, but. You know, it's a two week honeymoon. <laughs> if you're not there on your honeymoon and you decide you have to go, you just let a hoe know because you know I'll fucking go to Perry. Perry, let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, I know. If it like at a certain point, I have to be like, okay, well, I, clearly it's just not going to happen as a honeymoon. So now it needs to just be whatever. Maybe it's yeah. like my 50th birthday or something. All right. Well, let's fucking run it. I know. <laughs> like it, all the it's, words. It's happening. It is going to happen. I'm putting it out there. And you know what? Maybe I'll be able to do it real easily with all that money we get from those documentaries that we're going to be helping make. There is. We just uh, (laughs) connected our timelines there. Proud of us. (laughs) Uh, That's our celebratory trip after we sign the fucking contract for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Right. Give me those royalties and get me on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, universe. We appreciate you in advance. (laughs) Right? Shit. Ah, man. What a dream. So I guess if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe. (laughs) Tell your friends. Share with people who can appreciate history. That's not always accurate, but. I hope our dreams come true. And just let them know, like, hey, you might enjoy this. Every download and every like counts. Um, <laughs> every little review helps boost us. So, you know, give your girls a little love. It's true. You can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. And you can join the Facebook group where we've got extra naughty bits called the Homance Chronicles, a judgment free zone. And you can email us with a Hove history request at homancepodcast at gmail.com. We also have merch available in my Etsy store. So if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash Nicole Bonneville, you'll find shirts and sweatshirts and things. So, you know, it actually, 
the guy that I went on the date with on Saturday, he bought a Homeless Chronicles t-shirt and sweatshirt. And one day he wore the t-shirt over and was like, I'm literally fanboying in front of you. (laughs) I love this person more and more. Every time you say something about it, I just love it. Also, sorry about the ads, guys. We're cheap. <laughs> Why are you sorry about them? Well, they're in the beginning, and it scared the shit out of me one day. I was like, wow, I was, that's not me or her. Who is this? Is this the right episode? <laughs> so apologies for that if y'all got really worried about it, because it freaked me out for a second. <laughs> I told you that we were going to run ads. No, I no, I know you did. Oh, okay. You just you didn't did. know that it was... You just weren't expecting it. I was not prepared. Right, right, right. You can tell me things and then I have to experience <laughs> it and then I get, then it makes the connection. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a two-parter, okay? I'm a two-parter. <laughs> we, I was like, hey, they reached out and said, would you want to run ads? And I said, sure, because we're trying to get to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because Paris. <laughs> So no, I'm not apologizing at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. That's Just fine press the skip button. <laughs> I love Fast Spotify. I love Spotify for that. You can literally skip through all the ads as if it's its own episode. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, you have to fucking Fast forward. It. And then you yeah. have to go back a little bit because you missed. And then you're just like, yeah. fuck it, I'm well, just going to listen to the ad because I'm pissed anymore. I can't stand it. No, that's me. That's my experience. I was like, well, we bullshit in the beginning. So, you know, yeah, it's not a ton if you don't land right on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man's out. <laughs>